You are Locked On Bills, your daily Buffalo Bills podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Bills Mafia? It's Joe Marino from the Draft Network, and I am your host of Locked On Bills. Happy Thursday to you. We've got some fun stuff to cover today and some newsy stuff to cover today. The Bills signed a couple of players. A player was put on injured reserve. And then later in the podcast, I want to do something fun, and that is reveal to you who my favorite Buffalo Bill is at every position. Not necessarily active Buffalo Bill, but in my lifetime of watching the Bills, which player at each position has been my favorite. So, That's what's on tap for you today. Let's get started. Uh, We'll start with the players that the Bills signed, a couple of defensive tackles. The first one, Nazir Jones, 26 years old. He turns 27 in December, 6'5", 305 pounds with 34 and 5'8"-inch arms and 10 and 7'8"-inch hands. I mean, a lot of length to this guy. He's an okay athlete overall. A third-round pick in 2017 by the Seattle Seahawks out of North Carolina. He played in 11 games with two starts in 2017 as a rookie, played in nine games in 2018, and then in 2019 he was on injured reserve for the entire season with a knee injury, and then he had a couple of tryouts in 2020, but he was unsigned for the season, and now he's on the Bills. So the Bills add a versatile player. I'm obviously familiar with him from watching him at North Carolina and then, of course, keeping up with him so far in the NFL a guy that I think can play a couple of different spots, primarily best suited to play three technique, uh, but another guy with length, uh, decent athlete, fairly young, and gives the Bills another option on the interior where I think overall the team lacks depth. Uh, The other defensive tackle that they signed is Eli Anku, who is 27 years old, turns 28 next June. He just had a birthday on June 8th, 6'3", 325 pounds, He's from Ottawa in Canada. He went to UCLA and had a pretty modest career. He was only a one-year starter, and that came as a senior, and he really wasn't all that productive. Wound up being an undrafted free agent in 2017, and buckle up because his NFL journey has been quite the adventure. So, like I said, UDFA in 2017, originally signed by the Houston Texans. He was waived before the season, and claimed by the Jacksonville Jaguars and played nine games as a rookie in 2017. In 2018, he appeared in two games with Jacksonville, and then he went into the 2019 season still with Jacksonville on the practice squad. The Browns signed him off the practice squad in October of 2019. He appeared in nine games with two starts for the Cleveland Browns. The Browns waived him prior to the start of the 2020 season. He was claimed by Indianapolis, Then Indy waived him five weeks into the season, and then Houston claimed him, so a second stint with Houston, but didn't appear in a game. He actually never appeared in a game with Houston in either stint, and then he was traded during the season last year to the Dallas Cowboys for a seventh-round pick in the 2022 NFL Draft, and then after being acquired by the Cowboys, he appeared in seven games. So then he was a free agent after the season. The Atlanta Falcons signed him on May 17th, They waived him on June 17th, and now he's a Buffalo Bill. So he's a guy that has some experience, 6'3", 325, a bigger-bodied guy, uh, probably more of a one technique, 
and he's played 584 snaps so far in his NFL career. So what does this mean? I mean, certainly Brandon Bean looked at the defensive tackle position and said, we need some more guys. We need more bodies. And I'm not sure that either of these two players really has a chance of making the team. But when you think about this team at defensive tackle with Starla Tule and Ed Oliver as the uh, assumed starters and Harrison Phillips and Vernon Butler as the assumed primary backups with Justin Zimmer kind of waiting in the wings as that next guy in the rotation. You didn't really have much else. And so I think this was smart of Brandon Bean to kind of beef things up at defensive tackle where I'm not sure there's much in the way of sure things. Obviously, I'm excited about Ed Oliver in year three, and I think no matter what, he's a good starter. I want him to be a great starter this year. You don't really know what you're getting in Star Latulale. I think Harrison Phillips is an average at best rotational player. Vernon Butler continues to be a disappointment so far in the NFL. To me, it was pretty wise of Brandon Bean to make these investments. Now, some unfortunate news, something that we feared. Defensive end Brian Cox Jr. was placed on injured reserve with an Achilles injury. And uh, pretty unfortunate. He got carted off during the mandatory OTAs. And when that happened, we didn't know exactly what the issue was. But anytime an NFL player is carted off, it's usually not good. And that's the case here for Brian Cox Jr., who will probably miss the entire season with an Achilles injury. And um, you hate to see that for anybody, right? I mean, especially at this point in the season where I'm sure he's putting a lot of work to get himself ready for the season and wanted to compete and you know maybe at least get a chance to be on the practice squad like he was last year, and he's not going to be healthy enough to do that the rest of the way. So the team is pretty deep at defensive end. Wasn't really counting on him, but unfortunate for the player. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and the UFC. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get in the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use our promo code Locked On. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. So, the next two segments on the podcast, we'll have some fun. I want to tell you who my favorite Buffalo Bills player is at every position. And this isn't the best Buffalo Bill. This is just the guy that I love the most, the one that when I think of this position, that was the guy that stood out to me as my favorite of all time in terms of players I actually watched play football. So let's do that. We'll do this segment. will be offense. Next segment will be defense. We'll start with quarterback. And I had a hard time with this because, you know, I wasn't really old enough to appreciate Jim Kelly. I was born in 1986, so I was aware of Jim Kelly, but I was a kid. You know, I didn't really appreciate what he did with the Bills. So I didn't pick him. Doug Flutie was fun for a minute. Drew Bledsoe was good for like eight games. Ryan Fitzpatrick had his moments. I really appreciated Tyrod Taylor as a quarterback. But my pick is Josh Allen. And this isn't just going to be a list of current Buffalo Bills. There's actually not that many current Buffalo Bills that I'm picking, but for quarterback, I went with Josh Allen. And my reasoning is no Bills quarterback brought me more joy in a season than Josh Allen did in 2020. 
I mean, nobody even compared. And so I know I'm really only pointing to one season. I had fun in 2019, right? That was a fun season. But 2020 was special. I mean, number two in the NFL MVP voting. I've never seen a Bills player this dominant in my life. So I I couldn't not pick Josh Allen. And I hope that as the years go on, I continue to feel like this is the obvious answer and that Josh Allen becomes the face of my adult fandom when it comes to the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, I'm excited to have him. Love the skill set. Love the leadership. I mean, the guy is just perfectly designed and engineered to be the Buffalo Bills quarterback. And so here's to many, many, many great seasons and a lot of success for the Buffalo Bills under Josh Allen. At wide receiver, I selected Eric Moulds. I loved Eric Moulds. I said this on the podcast uh, a couple days ago that he was actually the first jersey that I ever purchased. And I started off remembering him as a kick returner. I mean, he was a really good kick returner. He was pretty quiet as a wide receiver early in his career. But the kick return stuff was there. And then in 1998, 67 catches, 1,368 yards, which led the AFC. He was second in the NFL in receiving yards, averaged over 20 yards per catch. And I was hooked because I saw that this guy could play receiver. He can win deep down the field. He could create after the catch. He was good in the return game, and he was super dynamic, and I fell for this guy. First Bills player ever with 100 receptions in a season. He did that in 2002, and that record stood until Stephon Diggs broke it this past year. Three-time Pro Bowler with the Bills, and he finished his NFL career with 9,096 receiving yards. You got to hate that this guy's this guy four yards away from 10,000 receiving yards for his career. You know that there's probably some stupid play, like a, a holding call that shouldn't have been called that took away you know, the yardage that he would have needed to be a 10,000-yard receiver for his career. And something that I learned in researching for this podcast today, the fifth-round pick that the Bills acquired from the Houston Texans in exchange for Eric Moulds. Remember, the Bills traded Moulds to Houston. They got a fifth-round pick back for him. And the Bills used that pick to draft Kyle Williams. So kind of a a cool fun fact there. Obviously, I was sad to see Molds go, but in hindsight now that you know that the pick that they got back turned into Kyle Williams, you know, one legend to another when it comes to this Bills franchise. At tight end, this is going to be a surprising pick, but I'll be honest with you, it's not like there's a lot of great options for us to choose from when it comes to Buffalo Bills tight ends. My pick is Charles Clay. And you're probably thinking to yourself, Joe, are you kidding me? You picked Charles Clay? I'll tell you what. I think part of the reason I picked him is because I think he was unfairly criticized for what he was able to accomplish in Buffalo. He took way too much criticism, and he was actually a really good player for the Bills. I know he signed that five-year, $38 million contract in 2015 that set a very high bar and made him one of the highest paid tight ends in the NFL. But within the context of the Buffalo Bills, I think he was a really good player. He became the first ever Bills player at tight end to have back-to-back seasons with at least 50 receptions and at least 50 receiving yards. He did that his first two years with the team in 2015 and 2016. He led the team in receptions in 2016. He led the team in receiving yards in 2017. Then he dropped off in 2018 and was cut after the season. But 
for him to be that much of a factor for the Bills' offense that was very much a run-heavy offense to lead the team in receptions one year and yards another and be the first-ever Bills tight end to have consecutive 50-plus reception seasons with 500-plus receiving yard seasons. I mean, this guy was a historically good Bills tight end. I know it wasn't for like a long period of time, but he mattered. So I know that he didn't wind up being this legend or play to a level that would make you think he was worth the contract that he had. But within the context of the team, he did very, very well. And like I said, not a lot of great options when it comes to Bill's tight ends. At running back, I went with Fred Jackson out of Co College, UDFA, plays indoor football, goes to NFL Europe, and finally gets to the Buffalo Bills and instantly becomes a fan favorite and a revered member of the franchise. In 2009, Fred Jackson became the first ever NFL player to have 1,000 rushing yards and 1,000 kickoff return yards in a single season. The Bills' Walter Payton Man of the Year Award recipient in 2010. And I just loved watching him play. The way he broke tackles, the style he played, the physicality, the willpower that he showed on the field. Super well-rounded skill set. Obviously a good runner and returner, but he can catch the football, and he was outstanding in pass protection. I mean, the guy just did everything. Super underrated football player, and um, one of those guys that you were just proud to root for, always happy was he was on your team, and he never let you down, right? Like maybe he had a bad fumble from time to time, or he didn't win an angle, you know, rushing to the perimeter, and you thought, ah, well, I wish C.J. Spiller had the ball because – he has the the juice to to win around the outside, but this guy competed his ass off every single time he was on the football field, regardless of the role. An offensive line, I picked Eric Wood, and I really enjoyed Eric Wood as a football player and have a lot of respect for what he did on the field, but I've also really enjoyed his work now uh, after football with his podcast and, and his broadcast work with the ACC Network. And obviously good player, nine-year career, 120 starts. He was a pro bowler, part of the team that ended the playoff drought in 2017. So you love to see that despite his career being cut short, uh, for him to be able to say he went out as a member of the team that broke the drought, I think that's really, really cool, especially after being part of the drought for eight seasons prior to 2017. And let's not forget, Eric Wood was the first ever contract extension that Brandon Bean handed out as GM of the Bills. In August of 2017, he signed a two-year $16 million extension. And then unfortunately, that was his last year on the team. But I really respect the player. I love his podcast. I love his broadcast work. I love his personality, what he does on social media. I mean, he's very inspiring. Whether it's the injuries that he battled back from on the field or how he's developed and transformed himself after football and has remained connected to the game, but has also become an inspiring person. I just, I really appreciate and respect everything about Eric Wood as a person and a football player. Need to tell you guys about Built Bar. It's the best tasting protein bar on the planet. So many amazing flavors. They're all delicious. They're all covered in 100% chocolate. They're soft and easy to chew. It's like eating a candy bar, but they are good for you. 
Built Bar is great for anyone who is health conscious. Whether you want to lose weight, maintain weight, or just indulge in a delicious treat, you got to try Built Bars. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, and great for anyone who is on the keto diet. I've got a deal for you. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, and it'll get you 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Let's keep it moving here and uh, focus on the defense here for the last segment of our podcast. Again, these are my favorite Buffalo Bills player at each position. Let's go to defensive tackle. Is there any other choice but Kyle Williams? I mean, how do you not pick Kyle Williams for this? I like Pat Williams. I'll say that. He was one of my favorite players. If I couldn't pick Kyle Williams, I would go with Pat Williams. But Kyle, man, what a legend, right? The most underrated team legend, I think, out there. Six-time Pro Bowler. Played 13 seasons after being a fifth-round pick. Tons of coaching staff changes, scheme changes, having to play five-tech, having to be a nose, having to be a three-tech. The guy just showed up with his lunch pail, was a big-time leader, and played his ass off on every single snap. I mean, you will always be proud that Kyle Williams was a member of the team, and you're proud that he never played anywhere else. Louisiana boy coming up and embracing Western New York. You got to love it. I mean, leadership ability off the charts. You'll never forget watching Kyle Williams play football. I've got a picture of him in my office. He's the only player I have on the wall in my office is a picture of Kyle Williams sacking Tom Brady. So if that doesn't tell you what I think of him, I don't know what does, but I know that everybody loves Kyle Williams and and honestly, no other real choice at defensive tackle. At defensive end, I went with Bruce Smith. I know what you're thinking. You weren't old enough to appreciate Jim Kelly, but you picked Bruce Smith. Maybe I'm not. Maybe I wasn't old enough to really appreciate Bruce Smith, but I will say this. I saw the end of his time in Buffalo, right? I mean, I was definitely you know becoming a teenager during that time, and so I appreciated that, but I rooted hard for him when he was in Washington to break the sacks record. I mean, we always had on the Washington game in addition to the Bills game because we wanted to see Bruce Smith get sacks, and so that was something that I enjoyed watching him chase and was so happy when he did it. And as somebody who played defensive end in in high school, he was a player that even though I didn't necessarily appreciate his prime in Buffalo, I've absolutely went back and watched old games specifically to watch Bruce Smith. And he is a rare, rare dude for his size, his length, his power, his ability to bend the edge. I mean, the angles that he could get just rare, just a rare dude. And of course, I've watched every documentary there is about him. So I have a lot of respect for him as a player. His skill set is unbelievable. One of the most unique talents ever in NFL history. 200 sacks. Unreal. And I'll tell you right now, he's the best pass rusher of all time. He's the best defensive player of all time. Don't let anybody tell you differently. I mean, they're going to talk to you about Reggie White. They're going to talk to you about Lawrence Taylor. Good football players. Elite football players. But Bruce Smith was a 3-4 defensive end that played on the right side. And you know what happens when you play on the right side? You beat left tackles. And you know what left tackles are? The other team's best pass blocker, especially in that era. Not even a pass-heavy era of football. The guy racks up 200 sacks as a right 
side, 3-4 defensive end. Reggie White played on the other side. Reggie White played a little bit more on the interior. Bruce Smith is my favorite defensive end of all time, my favorite Buffalo Bill of all time. He's the best Buffalo Bill of all time. And another little fun fact for you here today on the podcast, I named my dog after him. I have a dog named Bruce, and he's named after Bruce Smith. I have three dogs. One's name is Nacho. Nacho is named after Nacho Libre. I don't know if you saw that movie. It's very, very stupid, but I enjoy it. And I named my, <laughs> I named my dog Nacho. And then I have Bruce, who's named after Bruce Smith. And then I have Patrick. Patrick was my wife's dog, and so I inherited Patrick. But he's a good guy, and um, that's my trio of pups. All right, so at linebacker, my choice for linebacker is London Fletcher. I know that London Fletcher played 16 seasons in the NFL, and only five of those were spent in Buffalo, but I love him. I absolutely loved watching him play. I loved rooting for him, and I love his story. Five foot 10, 242 pounds. I mean, five foot 10 at, at linebacker in the NFL. He's a UDFA out of a small school by the name of John Carroll. Came in and dominated the NFL. Never missed a game across 16 years. Never missed a game. Started every single game from 1999 to 2013. Absolutely unreal. He's the ultimate overachiever. Crazy good leader. Crazy productive. I mean, his production stacks up with a lot of Hall of Fame caliber linebackers. How do you not love how do you not love London Fletcher? And then he goes to Washington and, you know, to see him become a legend for multiple fan bases. You know, my father-in-law is a big uh, Washington fan, and he loves London Fletcher too. So London Fletcher, my choice for linebacker. I thought about Takeo Spikes. Certainly enjoyed him. But uh, London, man, the, the overachiever, that, uh, that swayed me to him. At cornerback, Tredavious White. I pick, You know, look, I could have went Terrence McGee. I could have went Nate Clements, Antoine Winfield. No, I had to go Trey White. How do you not love Trey White? The caliber of player that he is, right? An elite cornerback in the NFL. And then he couples that with his personality. Just an elite combination. Super charismatic, always energetic. One of the best personalities in the entire NFL. Been been in the NFL for four seasons. Two-time Pro Bowler, two-time All-Pro. Led the NFL in interceptions in 2019. And my favorite stat about Trey White is that he has the most fourth-quarter takeaways in the NFL since 2017 when he entered the league. I mean, you could go back to so many Bills games, going all the way back to his rookie season, and identify clutch plays that he made that resulted in Bills' wins. The scoop and score against Atlanta the forced fumble against Tampa Bay, the interception against Cincinnati, the interception against Pittsburgh. I mean, so many key plays that he made late in games that led to Buffalo Bills wins. I love it. And that's what I love so much about Trey White. It's not that he's just a lockdown cornerback. It's that he takes away the football. He takes away the football. The interception against Miami, they were about to score a touchdown trying to hit that little slant route Fitz did, picked it off. Game-changing moment. I mean, this is just off the top of my head. I really didn't even have notes on that. This is just literally the top of my head thinking about 
those game-changing plays that Trey White has, has made. And you're probably thinking of some right now when you're like, Joe, mention this, mention this. But I'll tell you what, man, he is he is a special player. He's absolutely special. And I love having him on the team. He's clutch. He's a lockdown guy, takes away the football, and my favorite Bills cornerback of all time that, that I watched play. And then the last position, safety. This was a tough one as well, but I went with Micah Hyde. So I had, is that three current Bills players, Josh Allen, Micah Hyde, and Trey White? Yeah, I think that's it. So I did have a few. But um, Micah, I just have so much respect for him as a player. Pro Bowler, his first season in Buffalo in 2017 after coming over as a free agent from Green Bay. And I'll tell you what, before I go any further, I had a hard time not picking Jordan Poyer, but I wasn't going to pick two players. I was not going to do that. So Pro Bowler in... 2017, five interceptions that year. And then after that season, teams just stopped throwing at Micah Hyde. So in 2017, five interceptions on 42 targets against his coverage. Then in 2018 and 2019, he was targeted 30 times, and he was only targeted 19 times last year. I mean, the dudes, the dude went from 42 targets against him in 2017 to 19 in 2020. Teams know. Don't mess around with this man in coverage. And then I love that, like historically over the last several seasons that Micah Hyde's been the starting safety for the Bills, really dating back to 2017, the average depth of target against the Bills is so low. It's so low. And they, the Bills just don't give up a lot of big explosive plays in the passing game. And it's not because they have crazy good speed in the secondary. In fact, I think the Bills have a very speed deficient secondary. But because of what Micah Hyde can do in coverage to take away throws, to take him off the menu, just off the menu, you're not going to get the leverage that you want in this route to make this throw because Micah Hyde's going to be where he's supposed to be and he has an elite understanding of route combinations and he's an elite processor and he knows where to be and he knows how to adjust his landmarks on the fly and he knows how to disguise coverage. I mean, this guy's an exceptional football player. It's not even about the plays he makes. It's about the throws that he takes off the menu for the quarterback. It's unbelievable. I love it. I absolutely love Micah Hyde. Um, obviously, he's also an elite punt fielder. He's an elite fielder of onside kicks. Just a guy you love having on the team. Glad that they extended him, and I get to watch my favorite Bill safety for several more seasons. I hope you enjoyed this conversation today. And we do a lot of deep dive stuff. We get into some heavy analysis on the football team, but... From time to time, I like to do something a little bit softer and uh, just have some fun in the podcast. And so that's what we did today. We talked about the new players, Brian Cox, and then I said, you know what? I think it would be really fun to share who my favorite Bills player is at every position. Now, tomorrow, we're back to the deep stuff. We're starting our series tackling the tough questions. We're going to go position by position, starting with the quarterbacks tomorrow. But what I need from you is your tough questions. What are the tough questions that you have about the Bills quarterbacks this season? What is weighing on your mind? Could be about Josh Allen, Mitch Trubisky, Jake Fromm, Davis Webb, roster construction, whatever is on your mind that gives you cause for concern. I want to address it on Friday. And we're going to do this for every position. And so if you have other positions where something's on your mind, go ahead and send in a question, right? Like I can, I can organize them and bank them for a future episode. Joe at the draft network.com. And I've got several already. 
But I want to paint a very clear picture for this team. And I think the best way we can do that is by working through what's on our mind and set the right expectations for everything about this football team for the 2021 season. So the way our weeks are going to work for the next couple until we get to camp is we are going to do herd mentality once. We'll do two of the tackling the tough questions and then two other shows where it could be about a lot of different things that I have written down. I have everything planned out, so I don't want to give too much away, but we have a good structure, I think, here to get us to training camp and to preseason where obviously that kind of takes on a life of its own with our daily content. But um, we're going to start this tackling the tough question series tomorrow to kind of balance out our weeks and uh, keep us on track to get ready for this 2021 NFL season one that we've got big time hopes for. So stick with me, make sure you're subscribed, rate, review, and share the podcast. Hope you have a great day. And I look forward to catching up with you again tomorrow.